I love yum yum sauce. <laughs> I don't. I don't put a pumpkin. They say home is where the heart is, so I wonder why your motherfucker always feeling heartless. Welcome to the fifth episode of Doubly Negative. I am Chris here with my friend Kyle. Hello. Happy St. Patty's Day. Thank you very much. You too. Drinking proper 12 and ginger ale. Very smooth. You said it's your first time having it. What are your thoughts? Works. Yeah. No, yeah, it gets the job done. That's for sure. Didn't plan on drinking tonight, but I was like, yeah, you know, we're recording St. Patrick's Day. St. Patrick's Day. Yeah. So what I want to start off with is a little note for our producer, Jake, here. He uh, said that we use the word like too much. Did I tell you this? Is that just uh, just you or we? I'm not sure. He just said you need to stop saying like so much. Huh. And I wasn't sure if it was addressed at me, you, or both of us. Probably me. That's funny. Um, there's a lot of things that we do that we don't even notice until we listen to ourselves or somebody points it out. And then once it's pointed out, now you're not going to stop noticing it if you say it. I'm and, super... And me too. I don't know. It could be me too. I don't know. I'm super self-conscious about it right now. <laughs> Honestly, I don't want to... Do not want to say it, but we'll get through. It's inevitable, though, when you're putting out a lot of content. Like, uh, did you ever see the Joe Rogan video where um, someone syncs up him saying the phrase, it's entirely possible? Oh, my like God. Times. Have yeah. you seen that video? Yeah. It's hilarious. It's so funny. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck, I had something to say about that, but I went off track a little bit there. Yeah. That's all right. So, no more like. No more like, yes. Oh, okay. It's funny because I'm a big fan of reality TV. Hmm. Just trash TV. Me too. Love it. So whenever I watch shows like The Bachelor, Bachelorette, sometimes I like to keep a running calendar of how many times they say like. Did you watch the finale? I didn't watch this season at all. Oh, I, I watched, watched the, the first the couple episodes. Mm. What happened? I heard it wasn't that great of a season from some old lady at work. Well, I hadn't been watching the season at all. I just noticed the finale was on and uh, I just started watching. And it was pretty funny because this guy, you know, this fucking lucky guy dates like 25 chicks or whatever. And yep. the whole premise of the show is that he has to get married at the end of it, right? Isn't that the premise? It's so fucked up because you got to think about it. For this, for in this season, Bachelor, the girls are sitting there waiting to get proposed to. And it's like, this guy was two seconds away from proposing to the chick on the other side of the room. Yeah. So how is that going to work, that dynamic, when you guys finally fucking um, leave this? It's hilarious. The whole thing's hilarious. It's such a disaster, and I love it for that reason. But this guy, like, beats the system. Oh, there's a like. Um, uh, you guy... said one earlier, too, but I didn't I didn't point it out. <laughs> it's probably me, then. <laughs> this guy beats the system, though, because we get to the final episode, and he goes, ah, you know what? I don't think I'm ready to commit. <laughs> He did? There's two girls left, and he says, yeah, I don't think I'm ready to commit. And he breaks up with one of them, and then he says, well, I want to keep this going, but I'm not ready to commit. So the the guy took the premise of the whole show, dated 25 chicks, and gets out of it scot-free at the end. Good for him. Yeah, he's a genius. Because it's super stupid to just marry someone when you weren't sure, like, two seconds ago if it was her or someone it's else. It's so stupid. But that's why it's so good. And another dynamic I was thinking about, too, is all these chicks. Well, I only watched the last episode, but they're both completely in love with him. <laughs> you've watched one hour of this season yeah. and you're gonna give me a whole synopsis but i know how they all work because it works with all these shows you remember that mtv show next uh there was oh, another yeah. one called eliminate anytime where there's one prize and then contestants there's always going to be a heightened sense of admiration and like if 25 chicks or however many it is are competing for this one guy it's not only they're not only seeing his real qualities and getting the emotions of a first love they're also trying to win. So they're seeing him as a prize. And the whole thing is so awful as a as a premise for a real relationship. Terrible. And that's why there's like two of them out of the 20 seasons that they've done that are still together. That's not surprising. I made that statistic up, but I'm pretty sure it's kind of accurate. I think it is. Yeah. It's not a very high percentage. <laughs> it can't be. So I want to transition to uh, your weekend. You sure. had a nice few days at Mohegan Sun. Yeah, my sister's a big fan of um, gambling. I am as well. Um, but she is a, a frequenter of Mohegan Sun. She has a player's card, and uh, they give her free nights on, on the weekdays. Oh, hell yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, so we had three free free uh, weeknights in a row. You sat down at the poker table, something I do not have the balls to do. Yeah, I've been doing that quite a bit lately. And how did it go? I was on a roller coaster, and that did not stop. Uh, and that's the best part of it baby you gotta ride the highs and you gotta ride the lows that's gambling rock bottom those lows they make the highs that much more special when you get there they sure <laughs> do i just wish i ended on a high rather than a low see i get out before the going gets tough you son of, no you don't that's impossible to control in sports betting because i bet so small that i'll slowly build up a bankroll and then i'll start increasing my bets but i'll always make sure i profit and take stuff out obviously it doesn't always go that way 
But for the most part, I do a pretty good job of betting safe and responsibly. The difficult part, though, is it's hard to say when you're transitioning from winning to losing because you're you're making money and then you could you could say, OK, I'll get out right now. But you don't want to get out because you're winning. But if you are smart enough to leave them, then that's that's ideal. But I can honestly say, uh, you know what I hate? I hate people that gamble. And they'll never tell you the truth. Either, oh my god! They'll either say I won or I broke even. I'll tell you right now, I ended up losing. The last night, I was doing well until the last night. Lost six hundred dollars. Jesus <laughs> Christ! That could have went to podcast equipment. It sure could have. We could have had another mic, a mixer, even a little laptop. We could set up a little thing in the living room. Yeah. And you blew it all. I sure did. Yeah, I got drunk and uh, yeah, I. <sighs> when you're playing poker, I think it's just as important not only to have decent skills but also to have patience. That's the thing. If I start going down, I'm like, I got to catch up a little bit because these guys mm-hmm. are going to get pot aggressive and they're going to be raising pre-flop. They know I'm almost out and I'm going to feel pressured to make a move. So I try playing catch up. It wasn't even that. It was, so I've had that table. I had a really aggressive table a few nights ago. You told me about them. They were all raising pre-flop. Yes. And, that's, and that's hard. I hate that. I hate that so much. That's you though. Yep. That's why pseudo hates you now. Yep. Well, you ha- honestly, that's, it works. It does. It scares everyone out. Because the best part of being aggressive in this poker talk, but I'll make it quick. I gotta start transitioning away from poker talk. But um, the more, if you're really, really tight and you only play good hands and then you raise, everybody knows you have a good hand. Yeah. So you're never going to get to play the big pots. So re- so really the strategy is, and I've adopted it, is to be more aggressive and then people kind of they say, oh, well, he bluffs all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Off, right? Yeah, because you bait them into going in. Yeah. Back to my last night, it was just a really slow table and I was kind of the only one raising and it was just so boring and I was getting drunker and I just tried to make things happen. And, and you wanted to, yeah, you wanted to up yeah. the pace a little bit. Yeah, I was um, trying to transition to a faster paced game, but it just didn't work and lost a little bit of money. I've been itching to get to the casino. It's been a while. Was it weird with like COVID and stuff or was it kind of just like a free for all? Uh, it's basically the same. The whole environment is a little bit less fun. You know, everybody's wearing masks and... No, actually, that's only true in poker. But there's t- plexiglass dividers between each person. Um, but but for the most part, it's it's fine. Okay, cool. So I want to get there. So I want to transition back to something we talked about. And I think it was episode one where we were talking about movies and stuff. Um, and I had mentioned the movie Blue Valentine. You finally sat down and watched it. And you messaged me in between. And you were like, listen, I never want to get married or have kids after watching this movie. Brutal, isn't it? Brutal. And they start out with like a dog getting hit by a car. And I that's worse than anything in any movie ever. Oh, yeah. That was another point. So we talked last podcast about lying. And I introduced Sam Harris's theory that it's never a good idea to lie. But in that movie, the dog dies. And I was thinking, do you tell a little girl? Like their, their little girl's like five or something like that. They lied to the daughter. They did lie to the daughter. And I, I found myself saying, how could you not? That's Why? what I was. I, it's funny because I had that same thought because I rewatched it a couple weeks ago. Yeah. And I feel like you have to lie to the little kid. You can't introduce death. She's into not it. ready yet. No, they don't understand the concept of death anyway. But then again, and I don't want to go too far into this topic, but the, the counterpoint is that you are introducing mommy and daddy lie to you now, you know, and she's eventually going to find out that the dog is dead or gone. That's true. And then she's how is she going to deal with that? Because it could develop trust issues down the line. But I mean, I think she would understand that they did it for her own good at the time when she gets to a certain age. Yeah, it's just an interesting thing. But the the, the movie overall is about a, a relationship, the, the beginning of a relationship, the end of a relationship. And and it's your classic like fairy tale love story in the beginning. Ryan Gosling, handsome as hell, full head of hair. And it cuts between like their past when they were getting to know each other and falling in love. And then it's cut with where they are currently, and it's just an absolute nightmare. Ryan Gosling is far less handsome. It sucks, too, though, because all they did to him was take some of his hair away, right? I'm fucked. That sucks. It's like such a... But here's the thing. They gave him a shit bald haircut, right? He It was like the guy that was holding on, like still horseshoe. trying. Yeah. Your classic horseshoe pattern. But if he were to buzz that, he would look fine. I think. I think some guys can rock a bald head. Certainly. I don't think I'm one of them. I'm going to have to eventually, but... Yeah, we all will. Some sooner than others. But anyway, yeah, he they just represented uh, a Ryan Gosling that was young and charismatic. And then he got into the relationship and eventually the marriage. And now he's kind of lost his spark, it appears. But he's working to get it back. In the movie, the wife isn't too, like, she just seems very shut off and closed on the whole idea of even making it better. What's your read of the whole situation? Why did the relationship go wrong? I think it can happen in, actually, it probably does happen in most relationships. Things just get stale. You spend enough time with anybody, you're going to find things that piss you off about them. 
Me and you have never had a serious argument. I bet if we lived together for a while, we'd be at each other's throats at times. And that's the same thing with like a relationship. Like you're with that person all the time. I feel like most of the time they're going to aggravate you. Mm-hmm. And have you experienced that in your relationships where it's perfect, can't wait to see them. And then eventually it's just like a chore. Every single time. And it sucks. That's just, that's what it is. It is. I'm afraid. I'm afraid that that's the truth. You hang out with any married couple or a couple that's been together for a while. They bicker constantly. It's constant bickering. It is. And something I do after, anytime I watch a movie that's thought provoking, I inevitably go online and read discussions. Uh, That's my favorite thing to do. So Reddit's always a good source for movie discussions. Yeah. And what was really pissing me off was there's all these people that are like acting as if they have the secret to relationships that they're saying, this is why it went wrong. This was a dysfunctional relationship because of X, Y, and Z. So basically, these people are propping up the narrative of the perfect relationship and saying, well, they couldn't have it because of these reasons. Whereas I kind of took the view that this is just what happens. It's just what happens. That's uh, honestly what I believe. Yeah, I don't think like, I don't know. They did make good points, though. They said um, they said that her character was still trying to grow. She wanted to be a doctor. What, whereas Ryan Gosling was happy with the life he had and he, he didn't want to grow anymore. So the idea they they were saying was that they were in two different directions, essentially. Yeah, and I guess that makes sense. But say they get over that hurdle, who's to say this same thing isn't going to happen again in a different aspect of the relationship? Good point. Because it's just constant hurdles. It's hard work. Relationships are very hard work. And the one idea that we might have talked about before, I don't know, but when you get into a relationship with someone, you are this person and they're this person. And then time inevitably makes you a different version of yourself and their addition, different version of themselves. Yep. So you're always transitioning into these new stages of being yourself in different stages of relationships. And how can you be sure that that's going to be the same? Or how can you even bet that it's going to be what you want? No, because everyone's, you're constantly changing. All these different life experiences are molding you, whether it's with that person or without that person. And you just have to make it work together. You know what I mean? So like, I don't, it's just fucked up. It's just, it, it. I feel like every relationship always ends up with just you guys kind of hating each other, but just working at it to stay together, whether it's for kids or whether it's just you think it's worth it. So now are you anti-relationship, anti-marriage, anti-family? Um, so I've always wanted that whole get married, have kids, have that whole life. Obviously... With my recent situation, like I'm not in any rush to get in any relationship at all right now. I don't know if I'm anti that life, but right now I just, it, I don't see it. How could you not be anti that life if you have that view that we just expressed? I know that's the thing. I feel like, I think it comes down to not wanting to die alone. Does that make sense? Yep. It's just one of those things like cool single life is awesome. I do what I want. I can just work on myself and do things that I want to do, but eventually I'm going to get old. Eventually I'm not going to be able to take care of myself. You know what I mean? Like the whole wife and kids things, it, it just seems normal to me because that's just what the norm is. That's, so, um, it's certainly valid. And I certainly have that same, I, uh, feeling myself, but isn't it premature and isn't it, it's, it's fear-based thinking. You're not even 30, right? No, I'm 29. I turned 30 this year, though. Yeah, so to be kind of, and, and most, like, many people get married in their, before they're even 20, in their 20s. And I think that's so stupid, getting married that young. Isn't a lot of it based on fear, then? But it would be in your case, it would be in mine, and it probably is in many people's cases, right? They're afraid of being alone, they're afraid of their parents thinking they're alone. Who wants to answer that question that family parties every single fucking holiday? Hey, when do you, you get married? It's like, right. I don't want to. There might be another way of looking at it too, whereas you might be able to hold this view that we're talking about where maybe relationships are kind of doomed from the start in some sense, but also be able to say, well, it's, it's still a journey worth taking. No, and I think it may be a journey worth taking. Transitioning from taken life to single life has been it's obviously a change but i'm having fun with it you know so i still have that thought in my head where like having someone to come home to is a really nice thought so i guess i have that similar view as you but i'm not completely out on the idea of it i guess it's also uh, a grass is always greener situation grass is always greener like oh i have this job oh i could want this job then you moved jobs and that other job was actually better you thought it was going to be better but devil you know is better than the devil you don't yeah. And that's the scariest thing for me is I guess there's more at stake. If, if I'm single and I say, well, I wish I had someone, right? You can always remedy that situation. You can always get someone. 
Yeah. In, unless your self-esteem is super low and you think, oh, nobody would want me. But that's a whole different thing, right? But if you're deep in it, right, you're married and you got kids and then you decide the grass is greener, well, fuck. That, that's a whole new ball game. Good luck transitioning from that to single. That's a tough transition. That is a tough transition. That's and, and I I messaged you and I said this. The, the word I use is terrified because that is what I feel. I feel terrified of being stuck like that. That and I've even I'm a sensitive guy. Yeah, I am too. I've been in serious relationships and I've reached that point where I don't want to be in them anymore. But I feel very deeply for who I'm with. And yeah. the worst feeling in the world is hurting someone for me. And even in those situations where I'm not engaged, I'm not married, there's no kids, it still feels like the end of the world to break up with someone. No, because you don't want to hurt that person. No. Even though you don't want to be in a relationship with them anymore, you still don't want to see them sad and know what you're putting them through. So then to add several layers to that, like maybe a decade or more of experience and then a marriage and then a kid, that would just be my worst nightmare. It's wild to think. And I know we've talked about it a lot where it's like you change so often, like how we hate the question, where do you see yourself in five years? Because you don't fucking know Mm. when you add a relationship into that whole mix. It's just like you have to make sure when you get asked that question, where you're going to be with in five years, your partner is involved in those plans and you're growing together. And that doesn't always happen. (laughs) It's just it's one of the biggest problems in life for me. No, it really does kind of freak me out. It's. I feel human beings, we're not programmed to be monogamous. We're not. No. We're we're programmed to procreate and just signing up to be with that one person for the rest of your life. This is another branch too to the whole, I said I hate when people lie about gambling. I also hate people who lie about relationships and people, I hate people who lie about anything in general when they just say, I'm doing great. This is perfect. Like, like, let's say uh, I'm single, right? Oh, I'm having the fun. I'm having fun. I'm having the time of life. That might be true, but I'm also going to tell you the truth about when I'm really lonely. I don't feel like people do that when they have families and relationships as often. I feel like they're more defensive when, like, let's say we talk about having a child or something and they, they just have to defend it at all costs. I feel like that is extremely standard. People with families defending their choices and saying, well, I couldn't imagine any other way. This is this is what I want, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. I, I guess people do that in general, though. Single people do that, too. I, I just I just wish there was more honesty so people could make more informed choices. Because when you ask someone, how, how are you doing? And like they're newly single, they're going, oh, I'm doing great, man. I'm loving everything. But it's like, obviously, you get sad at times. Mm-hmm. You can say that to me. I, I have no problem saying it. You know what I mean? But some people just want to keep up that facade of, no, I'm super strong. I'm doing great. Everything's going well. There was just this one passage I read recently in a, in a psychology book about uh, a mother who, in therapy, admitted how much she hated her child. It, she had a baby, and uh, she just had this moment of pure honesty when she said, I hope it'll get better, I think it'll get better, but I just hate my baby. And you don't hear that. Ever. You hear, well, it's tough. Yeah. Oh, you know, not sleeping much anymore. Isn't it worse than that? <laughs> yeah, it's not just tough. She said she hates her baby. Yeah. How could you not, though? There's this, How could you not hate your baby? There's this crying thing that needs something from you at all times, won't let you sleep. No matter what you do, it's just yelling at you with hatred. <laughs> no, but your paternal instincts, like, that's something you made. I don't know about that. That came out of your dick. Do we even have that, though, or is that a woman thing? What do you mean? I've never had a kid, have you? No. So how do we know? What do you mean? Well, when you talk about paternal instincts, right? Oh, okay, 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 okay. Like the mother does have that. There's oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. A and huge you... oxytocin thing. I don't even know if men have that. I think maybe we just dump a load in them and then we walk away. Maybe that's our paternal instinct. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's how men, if you, like, how we're programmed, it's just like pump and dump. It's, uh, yeah, that's something that a lot of people say and I kind of believe it's true. I mean, you see how much, how like prevalent cheating is. If society didn't expect us to follow through and get married and be the right dad and all that, would we? Or do we just do it because everybody else expects us to? Probably because everyone expects us to. Or, you know, you still have that feeling of love for six months, two years, five years if you're lucky, and then you walk away. Right? Are we really supposed to stay the whole time? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I feel like... Okay, so the way I am with my dog, like I love that dog. I would take a bullet for that dog, which sounds crazy, but I would. Yeah, it's stupid. Yeah, no, it's so stupid, but like that's the kind of person I am. So I feel like if I were to have a kid, it would be next level. 
like the way I am with my dog and anyone that's been close to me and knows me and my dog, they know that I'm a fucking lunatic. Mm. So I feel like if I were to have a child, there's no way I wouldn't be able to not be a good dad. I think you would be. That's just how I'm wired. I believe it. And I, I do believe that there are very deep things that come from having a baby or a child or whatever. I just can't see how it's worth it. And that might be a personal choice. Maybe it's different for everybody. No, it's definitely a personal choice because it's you, you're you giving your life away. You don't live for yourself anymore. You live for that baby. And I was having that thought recently too. Like, do I really want to do that? Like, I would yeah. love to have a kid. Like, that's what I feel like I should do. And I feel like I want to do. But at the same time, like, I'm not ready to stop doing what I'm doing. And I'm turning 30. I'm not trying to change anyone's mind. I'm just going through my own thought process. But yeah, no, that's that's what this is. We're not, right. this isn't a TED talk. But I do believe part of my own personal development has been trying to figure out where my own thoughts and desires come from. And the more I've gotten to the bottom of this whole thing, I don't think I have any real personal desire for that. For a lasting relationship, sure. But for having a kid, I think, because I do feel that. I feel, part of me does feel like I should. But I think that's what it is. I think it's, I feel like I should. Yeah. I feel like society thinks I should. And a lot of it is like, oh, wouldn't my dad be sad if I didn't continue the family line? Wouldn't my mom be sad if she didn't have a grandson or whatever? Yeah. I don't know if any of that's from me. I think it might all come from outside conditioning. Yeah, no, exactly. The, The outside conditioning is putting those thoughts in your head. And if you don't really examine that too, that, that is something that should not be taken lightly. All of your desires and things like that, you might not know where they come from. You need to really think about where some some of those things come from. Yeah, no, it's important to just really self-evaluate and see like what do you actually want mm. and not what you think you need to do. Right. And that's important. Um, do you think... Okay, so let me figure out how I want to frame this question. Transitioning to a new topic here? Nope, we're going to stay on the same topic, you son of a bitch. Okay. Um, does it... Do you have the fear of not having kids and regretting it at an old age? Yes. Yeah. Like, because right now you're thinking, I want to say it's not selfishly, but it kind of is because you're doing what you want to do. I guess it's not really selfish because like you have no obligation to this figure that you may. It doesn't even exist. Yeah, it doesn't exist. And that is, and I'm glad you said that. That is the common narrative. People that express what I'm expressing, they get called selfish. Oh, yeah. It's because you don't want to sacrifice your life. However, and this is the common counterpoint. I'm not the first person to say this. What could be more selfish than creating another version of you and just unleashing that on the world and saying, oh, every, every taxpayer has to pay for this thing to go to school. That is the most selfish thing. Yeah. Just create another one of you. <laughs> yeah. And especially if it's something that you don't want to take care of. How selfish oh, is that? That is the most selfish. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to have a kid. Oh. Got to go. Bye. Yeah. To just basically make a toy. Like, oh, I, I think I want a kid. And then you make one and then you don't even want it. And you leave. Yeah. And, and you don't have the receipt and you're like, well, there is a tremendous percentage of people that do that. Too. So many people. And it's so fucked up because you're just fucking up our future generation of kids. Fathers are notoriously the ones that do that. But women do it, too. Uh, everybody abandons their kids. Well, not everybody, of course. <laughs> no, but, every person on the world. Yeah. <laughs> but a large percentage. And that is just that is a way huger mistake than not having a kid. Yeah. No, I completely agree with that. But yeah, you asked, is there a fear of missing out, essentially? And yeah, and if I do essentially decide that I'm never going to have one and I don't, there is no way to go back in time and find out what I missed. That's the scariest part. There's no way to remedy it. Yeah. Vice versa, too, though. If you do decide to have kids, especially when you're young, and then you miss out on a whole life of doing what you want, there's also no way to go back in time and see what that would have been like. It might be the case that no matter what you choose, you're going to have that feeling. It's another grass is greener situation. Yes. Oh, maybe, man, maybe if, I, if, I, if I didn't have kids or, mm. man, I wish I had a kid. Like, mm. I feel like no matter what, you're going to have that thought. And there's no escaping it. It is what it is. I want to transition a little bit here. I know we're all over the place. We're drinking proper 12. I'm kind of buzzed. How are you feeling? Yeah, me too. Yeah, yeah. Seasonal depression. I want to I want to talk about this a little bit because, you know, we had our first like really nice day of the season and it honestly felt like I had popped a molly. Mm. I felt so good when the sun was out. It was warm. It's lighter later. Do you get that same that same feeling? Have you done molly before? Yeah. It felt like that. I don't think anything can really compare. Right, it's not exaggerating. Yeah. But if I felt really good is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, no, I get it. No, Molly has you like on a bathroom floor rubbing the tiles talking about how great the texture is. Yeah. It wasn't that great. It wasn't. It's another thing. Yeah. Yeah. Have you done it? I would love to do it again. Yeah, it's been a while. The come down's kind of tough. 
Uh, uh yeah, yeah, it sucks. Well, it depends. I think I think it's worse if the drug is caught or something like that. Yeah, I, I had one time. The best time I had, there wasn't really any calm down. Really? But I did have it a couple times with the calm down. It sucks. Yeah, it's tough because it's like I'm so tired. It's five a.m. and I can't sleep. Mm. But I'm so exhausted. But <laughs> transitioning back to <laughs> seasonal depression here. Do you? feel like you have seasonal depression i feel like it's a very common thing and i feel like a lot of people say it's bullshit but it's totally fucking not i think it's real 100 percent. it's actually the first it might be one of the first things i pointed to when i was trying to figure myself out when i when i identified that i wasn't happy i remember it was in high school or early college and i'm like i think it's seasonal depression because that's an easy thing to point to because i noticed that it, it, it tended to happen in the winters when I started feeling worse. And uh, I remember talking about it with my friend, a ref in college. And we even found this book in the library. It was called, uh, it was called Winter Blues. We ended up stealing that book from the library. <laughs> Stolen from which uh, which college? URI. <laughs> You're wearing a URI pullover. I, I sure am. That. Yeah, we, uh, we, we found it and we were reading it and we both had these kind of like aha moments. It's a lot about circadian rhythms, circadian rhythms, more sunlight blah 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 but we both kind of felt the same thing like oh this might be the answer and we decided to steal the book so i remember he was googling like is there a way like today did they imprint the book with a, a scanner or something are we gonna get caught yeah and we eventually just decided that ah, fuck it we'll steal the book and we walked out and the, the 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 alarms went off oh my god yeah i had it i think i had it in my backpack or he had it in his backpack and the alarms went off and we were in the um what do you call that like the ante room uh like the lobby the the room before the library because we were walking out and I just took it out and I stashed it and then we went back and we're like, yeah, I don't know. The alarm just went off. We showed our backpacks and they said, yeah, you're okay. And we walked out and we still stole it. Wow. I think I still have that book somewhere. But anyway, getting bring, to your point. Bring uh, it on by. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, it's something because sunlight does make a difference for me, certainly. 100%. I think it does for me too. And that that is the, um, if you decide you have seasonal depression, I think that is the mechanism that they talk about. You can say that it's because of the cold or whatever, but really it's about the sunlight. And one of the cures to seasonal depression, I researched this a lot, was um, you can buy these lights. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are very popular. I, I had one. Did it work? I don't I don't really think so. Yeah, I don't know. Because I ended up moving. Um, one of my biggest motivations for moving to Texas, actually, was this seasonal depression. I thought it'll be better when I move. And I think it probably was. I'm sure it helped a bit. But I still ended up feeling depressed. So that was why I decided, well, that's not the answer. Well, you can have seasonal depression on top of just overall depression. Ain't that a bitch? <laughs> yeah, no, it sucks. <laughs> yeah. No, but um, but you're the one that brought it up. So is that what you, you feel like you had that warm day? You felt better? I felt so much better. And now it got colder, so you felt a little bit worse? Or? Um. Well, I don't know if it was that. I've just been really tired lately. Um. I mean, I'm still doing the right things. I'm eating right. I'm training a lot. But um, I just felt... Like when I was outside, I felt so good the day it was warm. I just wanted to be outside. Just a spontaneous feeling of joy. Yeah. And it's That's nice. inexplicable, but you have it. The, the first warm day and then it comes back to cold and I'm pissed off. I'm not happy. Man, you're making me remember like a few of those. I think I've had a handful of those. Yeah. What You mentioned the Molly thing. So it leads me to believe that you weren't just content. You were actually something higher than that. Yeah, I felt so good. I can remember a handful, though, throughout my life when it was, like, real, real happiness. Yeah. Where I was just driving. Usually, I think a couple couple of those I'm remembering that I was just driving on a sunny day. And it was like, nothing could be better. Like, yeah. everything's perfect. Windows down. Yeah. Like, it's, you're just content. <sighs> those are great feelings. Oh, it's the best. Speaking of feeling great, last night, I was feeling pretty tired. I wanted to go train. So, texted my roommate and I said, hey, you mind if I steal a scoop of this pre-workout? Hmm. Grabbed the pre-workout, took a few hits of weed. And I don't think I've ever felt better in my life. Really? I felt like I had unlocked, like I leveled up. What was the pre-workout? I couldn't tell you. Mm. It's in the cabinet. I'll show you when we're done recording. But it was awesome. Hmm. Like I felt like I was breathing better. <laughs> as weird as that sounds. Wow. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I just felt like I was, like I unlocked a new level. So you got to keep doing that, of course. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> yeah, I have to buy my own so I don't cash out his whole... Uh, pre-workout stash in there yeah. but i felt really good it's awesome but it's one of those things i don't want to do every day because i don't want it to lose its uh potency yeah of course it's potency it's peel mm -hmm. don't want to get used to it maybe make it like a once a month thing well so we say we we're going to talk about your weekend we said we were going to talk about saying like too much blue valentine saying like too much yeah. the bachelor we already talked about the bachelor okay so talking about seasonal depression still 
I thought we were going to transition there for a second, but I guess we'll just keep it where it is. Mm. Actually, you know what? We will transition. How's your dick? My dick. Uh, well, before you tell me how your dick is, are you still taking the testosterone pills twice a day? Yep, I'm still on the dick pills. Okay. Yep. And uh, I actually abstained from self-experiments for a while. Uh, for a while, how long? Because depends who you ask. Long time for me. <laughs> That's why I asked. It, it, uh, it was almost nine hours. I <laughs> 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 <My> fucking... <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, it was probably it was probably five days. Well, I mean, you were in a hotel room with your sister for three, so obviously you don't have much yeah. from there. So it wasn't by choice. You know, my sister, so don't act like you're a hero. My sister said she was going to be listening to this too, and I and I was like, no, you don't have to listen to that. No, and I duh. was just thinking about this stuff. Yeah. So if you are listening, I'm sorry, Kristen, but you can also know that I didn't. Yeah. Let's, let's, <laughs> let's, let's transition to something else. Transition. <laughs> Son of a bitch. But yeah, anyway, you asked about my dick, so I'm telling you about my dick. Uh, it's, uh, I can't complain. I just can't complain. You know, it's uh, it's it's not enhanced in any uh, in any measurable way. I would say I haven't measured. I was gonna say, did you measure like before and after taking dick pills so you could post a nice review on <laughs> Amazon? Have. Uh, have you been measuring? No, I uh, don't think I've measured since like middle school. Perhaps we should. Uh, we'll put it on the Patreon if you're a ten dollars subscriber. Um, you can watch me and Kyle measure our dicks. Yeah. You're going to have to pay a lot for that. I already said it was $10. Oh, that's, that's enough. <laughs> that's not a lot. <laughs> but yeah, anyway, I, I just can't complain about my dick. How, how's yours? It's been fine. Oh. Yeah, no, it's um, working as normal. I uh, haven't really noticed any differences. Like I said, it's probably placebo, but not as far as my dick goes, transition to just like how I feel overall. Right. I don't want to transition out of this too quickly, though. Um, the first okay. time you told me about Don't you transition my transition, you son of a bitch. Yeah, I just uh, I didn't feel like I was ready to transition out of that transition. Okay. The first time you were kind of extolling the virtues of these dick pills, you were telling me about... Um... Extolling the virtues. Wow. Yeah. Oh, nice, right? Hmm. We're both wearing glasses, so we're smart. <laughs> You were telling me that there was a lot of volume to your ejaculate. No, I didn't. <laughs> I think you did. <laughs> I think you were saying that it was, a, it was, it was more than usual. Um, I don't know if it was more. Maybe it was the velocity. Okay, of, sure. Yeah. Have you been able to keep that up? Uh, it depends on the day, really. Okay. Depends on the day. So there hasn't been a consistent, uh, impressive release, so to speak. <laughs> I would say no. <laughs> I had a few impressive releases and it's just, it's evening itself out now. No, I, I hope you don't mind me asking, but um, have you noticed that different periods of your life, uh, you know, months or weeks or even years, your releases will be different? I think that coincides with depression. You think so? I know we're making a joke out of this, but I... I'm not joking at all right now. Oh, okay. No, I'm really not. Oh, okay. I so mean, it's I, a humorous topic, but... Yeah, no, as far as like libido goes and your moods and depression, 100%. Because my releases, to go first, some periods of my life I've had extremely impressive releases. And in some periods of my life I've had a very, very dribbly, uh, uh, <laughs> depressing... Just like... uh, and it, it actually, sometimes it wasn't even when I was depressed, but they would just be like, yeah, it's just... Was there. it when you were with the same person for a really long time? Even just by myself. Really? It's just like, oh, there it is. It's just coming out. Like, but not like, it's not announcing <laughs> well, itself. It's just kind of. Is that what goes on in your head? Well, out the door. there it is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just like a slow goodbye. Yeah. It's like, just, there it is. Well, all right. Just wipe well, it up. Well, that's over. And then sometimes it's like, whoa, you know. Yeah. I think it all depends on how your day is going. What's going on through your head throughout the day. I'm a big believer in build-up. Mm. Build-up's important, whether you're by yourself or with someone else. Edging. Are you staying? <laughs> I don't... <laughs> this is just going to be a podcast where Chris and Kyle talk about jerking off for a little bit, or... I don't fucking know. Well, I've always been talking about transitioning into a more dick-based podcast. Doubly negative. What could we turn that to? Well, the D is already there. So yeah. There's we'll, a lot of potential. We'll workshop it. Okay, um, libido and depression. Sorry, we're all over the place transitioning back and forth. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> libido and... Well, just libido in general, I, I don't know. I, I, I always wonder, because this is a, another thing, uh, going back to my earlier point about honesty. It's another thing that guys don't really talk about. If, if you ask somebody how their dick is, they're always going to tell you it's good. Oh, it's huge. Yeah. 
fucking yeah, yeah. get hard as a rock and yeah she's all over the place yeah we fought for fucking four hours dude yeah, yeah. yeah no and thanks I, and i'll tell you right now i've had i have some 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 solid data points for that stuff yeah. but i also have some solid data points to the contrary I, I'm, I'm a 32 year old man but i've had my share of disappointments i'll mm. tell you that <laughs> 32 you got experience i sure i sure do and i'll tell you right now to you young men who have had problems once in a while for me anyway that's normal that's nothing to be ashamed about and I want to transition to our first sponsor here, uh, Roman Swipes. No, no, we don't actually What's have What's that? You've never heard of Roman Swipes? No. That's like a big podcast thing now. The Roman Swipes, it's for the guys who finish early. Oh, premature. Yeah. Mm. So you wipe this like numbing agent on your dick. Seriously? Yeah. Oh, no it's probably the stuff that's in the condoms anyway, right? Some of the, some I of think the condoms, condoms have that stuff. Maybe. I mean, do you really need it with a condom though? <laughs> that I can honestly tell you that that premature is a problem that I have not no. Like once in my life, I had that. I had the other problem where it just uh, it wasn't going to happen. If you know what I'm saying. And then the girls, like, oh, is it me? Uh, I've had that. I had some girls not mention it at all. Uh, yeah, the, the gamut. <laughs> yeah, it's um, that's a tough conversation. But it's a momentum thing anyway. And if you, if you're having that problem, that can be a downward spiral because it's a, it's um, if you don't have a real physical reason for not, well, I'll just say getting it up you can get into the psychological thing where you think, oh, something's wrong with me. And then you can't stop thinking about it. Have you ever had this problem? And it gets in your head and you, and you feel like you have to perform the next time, especially if it's with the same person. Have you ever had this problem? Um, I wouldn't, well, I mean, there, there have been times where it's just been like, it's not happening right now. And I mm. felt guilty about it. And the next time we were gonna, you know, make whoopee for lack of oh a better term. <laughs> I think I only say make whoopee because I think it's funny. I don't actually call it making whoopee. Yeah. But... I've had that problem where it was in my head, like, I have to make sure, like, this can't happen two times in a row. And then were you able to salvage that? Yeah, and it's never had, like, it's been, like, I think it's happened, like, maybe three times in my life. Mm, I got more than three. I'm not saying it's hundreds or anything like that, but uh, I did have a couple times, a couple periods in my life where I think the first one is always understandable in my case, where it was like, I don't know, maybe I was drinking the night before, or maybe I was drinking when it happened. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. Because that's a common whiskey dick. Whiskey right? dick. Yeah. Whiskey dick. And then it would get in my head. I'm like, oh, shit. And it's always with a girl that I'm like very excited about, and I like don't want to disappoint her. I want to make a good impression. And that's maybe it's stage fright. Exactly. See, if there's a girl I'm really excited yeah. about, I'm not going to have an issue. Oh, yeah? Yeah. No. Okay. That'll. That's good. That's good. Because it is a common thing, actually, when uh, when some guys, like, if, if they get their dream girl, quote, unquote, the, 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 the fear of not performing is higher. Or not meeting expectations. Yeah. yeah. And then you're in your head, you're not enjoying the moment, and that's when it happens. And I had a couple of those periods, like, it lasted a couple of weeks, and it's, there's nothing worse I mean, in, my, in my book. It's a terrible feeling. It's a super tough conversation to have, because mm. you feel guilty because this girl's asking questions about herself and you know it's damaging her psyche and that's not what you want to do. Oh, no, no. And then you think, oh, well, it's not going well right now. Maybe she's going to cut this off, find somebody else, find a real man. Yeah, no, I, you question yourself. You transition from this confident guy to who's, you know, getting this girl into this. You feel like you're not a man. No, it's definitely a tough pill to swallow for sure. Yeah, so anyway, I'm just, uh, I'm bringing all this up to get it out in the open and say, hey, I'm right there with you. I've had it. Uh, right now, I can't complain. Like I said, my dick's doing well. Mm -hmm. um, but it's it's part of life. Your dick's going to be like the wind. It's just going to come and go, and it's going to breeze harder sometimes and breeze softer sometimes. But it's there. It's there. It's always there. <laughs> it's always there when you need it. So yours is okay. <laughs> yeah, no, mine's... It's it's doing fine. It's, mm. it's doing all right. Mm. But you were talking about that other thing, um, the numbing stuff. Have you had that problem? What do you mean? The premature problem. Don't be shy. Yeah, I already, already put mine out there. It's okay. We get a little excited sometimes, but I'll play it off like it's not. Sure. You know, you gotta, you know, think of baseball scores, count sheep, whatever you can do to distract yourself from mm -hmm. getting too excited. But in some situations, that hasn't been enough. I can hold on for long enough, I guess. Sometimes. Now, when you say long enough, are we talking about in guy terms, like not a girl terms? episode or a, or a tiktok short or an instagram video or maybe a youtube video or a netflix episode definitely not a netflix episode <laughs> <laughs> that's off the board i've never seen the are you still watching screen no if that's what you're asking if that's what you're asking i've never seen the are you still watching mm. screen but it all depends you know you beef it up with the foreplay a bit if you mm. feel uh like things are gonna get too crazy too quick it's funny how 
how vastly different the dick problems can be because um because it's not only your dick you're worrying about mm -hmm. it's your mental state mm -hmm. and that's gonna vary so much with every person oh yeah you know what i mean but you're talking that that's one end of the spectrum where there, there's premature to the point where you don't even you don't even start right you just get that so oh that's never happened but it does and there's that's nothing to be ashamed about it, it happens and then there's the other side of the spectrum which i've had and i've talked to a couple of my friends that have also had it where you can't even finish to where when you said uh the continue watching button Mm -hmm. That's what you see, and at some point, and I've had this a couple of times. I you just you just give up. You just click yes, I am watching. I, I had that a couple of times. <laughs> One time when I was pretty drunk uh, with well, a girlfriend at the time. Whiskey dick. How long? How long was this relationship? But it was not a whiskey dick. It was a good dick. It was a proper twelve. It was a proper twelve. <laughs> it was a proper twelve Irish whiskey dick, <laughs> and it was just it was just fine. But my partner at the time. It was a. <laughs> a proper 12 <laughs> but my partner at the time wanted me to finish very very badly but i just knew it wasn't going to happen and i'm just trying just 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 pounding you just got the cramps in your legs knocking on the door you're and, wiping sweat yeah and i'm talking 2 a.m and i just want to go to sleep and i was like hey it's just not gonna and, and she was she was upset and that is a, an entirely different type of problem. Yeah. And it's almost like you have these two completely different ends of the spectrum where a guy at this end is like, well, I would love for that to happen. And a guy at this end is like, well, yeah, I wish I had a little bit of that. But it's all it's all problems. Gee, you know, we've drank too much proper 12 when we're going way too in depth with our dick issues and triumphs. Point, man. I thought all the rest of it was foreplay. <laughs> we have drank... We're doing okay. I would say three-fourths of this bottle of Proper 12, and we've gone off the rails quite a bit here, and it's only going to get worse. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> I'm way drunker than I thought I would get tonight. What's the alcohol percentage on that? It's got to be 40, right? Usually it is. I'm just looking for it myself. 40-something. Yeah, it's 40. 40 on the dot? Yeah, 40. This guy knows his booze. I do. I thought this would last me a bit, but this is not going to. Yeah, I got to stop here if I'm going to drive eventually. <laughs> yeah. I got to pull out couch. That's good. That's good. Yeah, good to know. I have not been drinking much. I've been doing a really good job of that, mm. by the way, because mm. I was really into craft beer, and obviously after things happened with my ex and stuff, maybe I was drinking a little more than I should, um, but I'm right back on track, mm. and I got a lot of good momentum going. As you're holding a whiskey in your hand right now. <laughs> on a Wednesday, <laughs> and we have almost a full bottle of proper 12. Yeah, I'm really on track. Well, this guy, I've been doing really good. No, I've been doing really good as far as drinking, diet, like... No, yeah, I can tell. I'm in one of those modes where just, like, I'm ready to get to where I want to be. Good, good. The momentum is a huge thing. It's, it's you start small and you build up and you, you get to that point where you're just like, I'm locked in. Mm -hmm. This is my goal. I'm going to get to that goal. And it's not always a fast build up. Sometimes you got to work up to it with the small things. What is your goal? So my goal right now, I want to keep training at least three times a week. Training jujitsu. Jujitsu. Minimum three times a week. So if I can make it more, I will. But three times a week is the goal right now. So I'm thinking about doing a competition towards the end of the year for Tap Cancer Out. One, you're wearing the sweatshirt right now. Yeah. No, I... Um, Actually, I think you always are. Every time I see you, I think you're wearing that. I wear the sweatshirt quite often. Yeah. And you know what? It sounds corny, but I'm proud to have competed in this competition because they raise a lot of money for cancer awareness. The competition I did, I lost in the first match. So I didn't go further than that. But it's just one of those things where you're raising money you get for a good it a cause. It, w it went points. I didn't get subbed. Yeah. I've been improving off of that. Just studying more, watching DVDs, instructionals, just trying to get better and just getting more mat time. And like now that I'm single, I have that option where I can go literally whenever I want. My goal now is, like you asked, get in shape for this tournament. I'm already in the weight class that I think I want to compete in, which is light heavyweight. But 185? No, it's 194. What do you weigh right now? The heaviest I've weighed in the last couple, I would say two weeks is 193. So I'm at a good weight for it, but I kind of want to cut down to the lower weight class. I forgot it is. Maybe it's middleweight. That's like 183 or 184. When is the tournament? It's not until the end of the year, so I have plenty of time. You could absolutely do that then. Yeah. But I like being a little bit heavier, mm. Especially for jujitsu, and I like. But here's my thing: I like cutting down into the class that I'm in because I, I can manipulate my water weight, mm. so I get down to that, and then by the time I fight, I'm like four or five pounds heavier. So that's the route I've usually taken, but I don't know. I mean, we'll see. 
We'll see. I did that a couple times too. Um, the whole water and dieting thing before competition. And then, man, after you weigh in, you get, you get it. And then you can eat whatever you want to eat. And oh, that is, there's no better feeling. It's like a sense of euphoria. Dude, there was the, the time I did it the hardest. This was actually, cr- I can't believe I did this now that I think about it. It was only a couple of years ago. Maybe 2017. Yep. I weighed in at 138. Jesus Christ. Yeah. I got down to 138. Wait, you, was this a jujitsu competition? Yes. I didn't know you ever did a competition. I did like five. Really? Yeah. yeah. That's fucking awesome. Yeah. So do you like competing? I do. Yeah, I really do. Um, But this one, I, I must have cut 10 pounds of water or more. I, I went hard on it. And uh, I remember the first thing I had was a Pedialyte. And it was like the nectar of the gods. Yeah. Because when you when you cut or, uh, cut water, I can explain it really quickly. the The basic procedure I read was you drink a shit ton the first couple days. Yep. And then your body gets used to flushing it out, and then you transition to drinking less and less water. So on the final couple days, you barely have any water. So you're parched. You yeah. are dehydrated as hell. And then you weigh in. You weigh in at your lowest possible weight. You got no water in your body. And then when you have water or Pedialyte or whatever it was, I had Pedialyte and Chipotle, and it was just heaven. It was like, oh. It's literally the best feeling in the world. It's amazing. So I had a similar experience to you. This is when I was powerlifting. though. This is before jujitsu. It was my first powerlifting competition, and I think my weight class was 191. So weigh-ins were night before weigh-ins. I woke up, and I was 193. You caught water for that one? Um, I didn't plan to do a water cut, but this is what I did in the last day because I was a little overweight. I knew if I was good throughout the day, I could hit 191. Okay. So I think I was 193 or 194. I was driving up with a friend who was like six pounds overweight. I didn't eat or drink all day. If I felt dehydrated, I would put water in my mouth and then just spit it out just to get that dry feeling out of my mouth. And then this was mid-July, so it was super hot. This drive was an hour and a half into Connecticut. We were wearing sweaters, sweatpants, and I had the heat turned up all the way. Oh, that's miserable. For an hour and a half. Yeah, that's miserable. I weighed in at 184. That's a lot. I dropped almost 10 pounds just in that day without even doing a proper water cut where it was just don't eat, dehydrate yourself completely. And I remember we stopped at a gas station. I got a couple of Powerades and like some Oreos. And I just felt like it was such a relief. It's beautiful. Such a relief, dude. Really quick, I just want to plug this show. Uh, it's called Kingdom on Netflix. It's about an MMA gym. Have you heard about that one? I think I've seen it, but I haven't. Is, does that have one of the Jonas Brothers in it? It does. Nick Jonas. I've been interested to try it, but I Dude, haven't. That show is one of my absolute favorites. Really? It's fantastic. It's, I love that you've given positive no, reviews right now. because I you. It is one of my favorites. I've watched it three times. Really? Yeah. How many episodes? It's got three seasons, uh, 40 episodes total. It's 10 episodes, 20 episodes in the second season, and 10 and it's just one of the best I've ever watched. Really? Yeah. And it's um it's got the action of the MMA stuff, but you don't even need to like MMA. The drama, the character development, it's all top-notch. It's just fantastic. But the reason I mentioned it is because before the fights, they do the cuts. And sometimes they need to lose 20-something pounds. And it's just a very realistic depiction of those cuts. And they go through hell. And I've even seen a lot of people online, they're like, is that real? Do they really do that? Like, yeah, they really do that. It's fucked up. And they, they show it extremely well in that show. So, um, do you follow UFC at all? I don't really. I kind of know because I've heard about it, but I don't really watch it. All right. So, there's this fighter, Israel Adesanya. He moved up a weight class to fight, um, I think it was Jan. He usually fights at 185. So, I, I was talking to my coach at my gym and I was like, man, you know, Izzy's cutting all this weight. I mean, he's going up all this weight to fight. And he was like, well, you know, it's really not that big of a deal if you think about it. I mean, he probably walks around at around 205 anyway. That walks around. That's always the phrase, right? Yeah. yeah. He walks around. So like, it's crazy how much weight these guys cut. Yeah. Like, to Because get- when you get to their level, like when you mentioned it, you said, well, I like to cut a little bit of weight to be heavier eventually, right? And that's, I mean, you that's, see all these fighters when they weigh in, they're super skinny, dehydrated. Well, that's what I'm saying is that at the, at the amateur level, when we compete, Maybe half of us cut weight. Maybe half of us don't. I don't know. Yeah. At their level, everybody does. Yeah. You have to because if you don't, you're not competitive. The only ones that don't are the heavyweights, right? Because they're they're already. It's heavy. like two twenty plus. It doesn't matter what you weigh. Like whatever. Right. But at the lower weight classes, you have to cut weight because if you don't, then you're a one seventy five pound guy fighting someone who's two hundred pounds. Usually, yeah. Because he cut thirty pounds and now he's thirty pounds bigger than you. It's kind of bullshit, actually. They should really figure out a way to get rid of that. I just, how do you get rid of it, though? I've seen some strategies proposed, like um, weekly weigh-ins leading up to the fight, where you have to weigh in between a certain range. 
Yeah. Because, I don't know, this is not really a topic that we're experts on, but the, the idea is that it's kind of dangerous to do that, actually. It's so dangerous to do that. It, especially because I think your brain, I think when you dehydrate yourself, your brain is more uh, prone to injury. So I know there's a few instances where boxers have died uh, after weight cuts, things like that. I don't know. I've just heard this stuff from Rogan, but uh, weight cuts are bad. No, and I mean, I mean, I can draw this back to my personal experience. So I did keto for a couple weeks. And when I started keto, I was 204. 11 days later, I hopped on the scale and I was 187. And I felt like I was going to die. I felt awful. Mm. Because I got in one of those modes where I was like, I need to drop weight now and I need to do it quick. So have you transitioned out of keto now? Is that what you're saying? I transitioned from keto and now I'm doing just like jasmine rice and ground chicken. Oh, you did mention that with the yum yum sauce. Oh God, I love the yum yum sauce. Mm. <laughs> it's so fucking good, dude. You know what? You said you didn't like the way I said hardcore dick talk. I don't like the way you just said I love yum yum sauce. It was really sexual. <laughs> it was really sexual. I love yum yum sauce. <laughs> I don't I don't feel comfortable. I'm uncomfortable now too. Um, no, but it's so fucking good. And it's one of those things. How do you get the jasmine rice? Are you boiling that or? No, um, I get the single servings of Uncle Ben's rice. Ah, uh, the 90 minute ones, right? Yep. You put it in the microwave? Yep. I so what I'll do, I'll every day I make a container of chicken and one of those packets of rice. Yep. I'll make the container of chicken, the rice, I split up into two. I have one for lunch, one for dinner. And usually in the morning, I'll just have yogurt or if anything at all. Sometimes. Not a vegetable to be seen. Yeah, you know, I I bought I bought some frozen broccoli, but I have not uh, worked that into the diet yet. Broccoli sucks, man. It's not bad. I hate it. Why? Just don't like it. What? It doesn't. It doesn't taste like much. It just doesn't taste good. It's just. Meh. Throw some cheese on it. Ugh. I I don't know. I just don't like broccoli. What vegetables do you like if you don't like broccoli? Potatoes. <laughs> Potatoes. I like onions. Mushrooms? Mushrooms are a fungus. That's different. I love mushrooms. Mushrooms are all right. I mean, I'll tolerate them if they're there. I'm not going to be like, oh, give me extra mushrooms. I think I was a picky kid, like a picky eater. I was kid, a super picky kid. And I never learned to like vegetables, to be honest with you. If I didn't have to, if I didn't think I had to eat vegetables, I probably just wouldn't. I was a super picky kid as well, but the biggest thing for me was onions. I didn't start liking onions oh, really? until like two years ago. Hmm. And now I'm obsessed. Can dr I could literally eat uh, a container of diced yellow onions with a spoon. Dude, I got to show you this video at some point. Um, you know who Matt Stoney is? Never heard of him. He's a competitive eater. Um, he just has a lot of world records for competitive eating. And I watched him eat a raw onion in 26 seconds. And he just got the world record because th this was apparently something that different people were trying to do. And the previous world record was 29 seconds and like that. And he just ate a full raw onion on YouTube. You can watch it. And it's just, it's disgusting. But Sounds yeah. delicious. <laughs> a raw onion? I love onions. You're not going to eat a raw onion. I'll never eat a raw onion. Okay, no. Yeah. But I do love myself some onions. Yeah. Um. All right. We've been going for an hour. Are we going to cut it at the onion talk? <laughs> Should we say like a goodbye? Yeah, we can transition out of the onion talk. Stop. Now. Okay, we're not. He, Jake's going to cut this out. Ah. Jake, cut that transition out. That does not count. Fuck you. That was just casual conversation. <laughs> Unfucking real. Jake, right. I think you're doing too much work, in my opinion. I think you should just leave all this stuff. It's fine. It's fine. We can transition in and out. Stop with the transition. He's cutting this out. Okay. All right. So, yeah, eating a raw onion is disgusting, but. I think we've been going for a little over an hour. A lot of it's going to get cut, so we'll transition to our goodbye. Mm. Thank you all for tuning in. Make sure you download, subscribe, rate it, do all that shit. Kyle, any closing words? See you next time. All right. Thank you very much. This is life being bound